Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good. My name's Carlton. I am one of our family group leaders. Our group meets on Sunday night. And uh, let's see something else about me. I work at Home Depot. Yeah, you can see the big old grin on my face on that one, can't you? All right. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I am a dad of three boys. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good to see you. All right. Uh, we live in Cleveland, Georgia, White County. Uh, let's see. My wife is a physical terrorist. I mean, therapist. Sorry, I keep saying that. Uh, I did youth ministry for 20-some years, did senior pastor for about five years, and I work at Home Depot. Ministry's been very good to me. All right. So uh, let, let's kind of let's kind of bounce off some things. Where have we been all year in 2020? As far as scripture study, where have we been? The book of what? Hebrews. And what have we learned in the book of Hebrews? What's that theme in the book of Hebrews? Oh, come on, say it loud, say it proud. Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than anything else, okay? We've just stepped out of the study of Advent. Advent is for Sundays leading up to the 5th. What are those four things that we talk about? Peace, hope, love, and joy. Okay, excellent. We've got three people who've been paying attention all year. That's awesome. Well, good deal. Well, um, Gabe invited me to speak, and of course, I, I love the opportunity. So he said, man, it's a free-for-all. Do what you want to do. And I went, <laughs> that's not intelligent. Um, but uh, I figure here's what's coming up. We got 2021 coming up right on the heels of this week. And where's everybody at? What are you thinking about 2021? What's your, what's your thought processes? Now, unlike some preachers, I'm interactive, so if you don't share, I will call on you, okay? What's your thought process? What do you think 2021 is going to be like? Awesome. Cool. <laughs> I'm not in that camp. <laughs> I'm a pessimist. Sorry, I apologize. It would be awesome if it was awesome. Everything was lifted. COVID just went, that'd be awesome. be great. What else? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's not spiritual at all. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah, my favorite meme that I saw this year was we should have known this was coming and it had a picture of Mad Dog 2020. So, yeah, again, not spiritual, but quite funny. Um, how many of you are, 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 how many of you are scared of what 2021 may, may bring about? How many of you have trepidation? How many of you have concerns about what 2021 is going on? Because I'll be honest, I, I'm, I'm, I am a pessimistic optimist, if that's possible, or an optimistic pessimist, we could do that. Because I'm not fully in one camp, but I'm not fully in the other. And I, I've just seen kind of the, the, the writing on the walls with what's happening in 2020 and what's moving into 2021. So I, I, I'm a little bit, I work at Home Depot, guys. Come on, all right? I mean, we were three months and all of a sudden they said, you got to wear a mask. And now we're wearing a mask and I can't breathe. And I'm over in the corner going, <laughs> you know, because the asthma and everything. And then you know, some lady the other day goes, you're not wearing your mask correctly. Don't you care about us? And I went, no. And I walked away. And... It was a bad day. Shut up. Um, so, no, I'm just kidding. No, well, I'm not really. That was honestly what I said. But the concept of it is, is this thing about we, we're concerned. 
2020 has been the most wacky year ever. I mean, it should have been brought to us by Looney Tunes, okay? It was crazy. And so as we get ready to step forward into 2021, um, there's, some, there's, some, there's some honest reflection. There's some honest trepidation about what's to come. And I, being that, look, I've worked in the prison systems. I'm a criminal justice major with a focus in sociology, all right? Biblical studies major in seminary, all right? With communications as a minor. I look at things, I'm observant. I see trends in the way things are going. And I'll be honest, there, there's just a part of me that's very concerned. Now, that's the physical side of me. Here's the spiritual side of me. The spiritual side of me has a coffee cup. It doesn't have a scripture passage. The spiritual side of me, here's my coffee cup that I get to drink every morning. It says it is what it is. If I truly believe in the sovereignty of God, that I believe whatever's coming, it's not going to surprise him. It's not like he was out having a ham sandwich and came back and said, what happened? He knows everything. So it's not like anything's going to change. It's not like God's up there going, oh, no. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knew it was going to take place in the Dodds' lives. He knew it was going to take place in the Hicks' life. He knew it was going to take place in your life. It's not like something's coming at him. So there's that spiritual side of me that goes, you know what, God, you're in control no matter what. But there's still that human side of me. That human side, now here's the thing, everybody's like, well, you're, you're supposed to be a pastor, right? You, you're supposed to have this under control. Gabe, you got this under control? Yeah. No. <laughs> then I am terrible as a human being and a pastor. All right, thank you. Thank you, I'll, I'll finish now and go home. Uh, no, seriously, I mean, after this year, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride, hasn't it? God's still good, but in the midst of all the craziness, it, 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 it shakes our foundations, okay? It does. Now, let's be honest. There's honest, good fear, and there's fear that is really kind of silly. I'll give you the honest and good fear. An honest and good fear is you don't slap a grizzly bear. That's a good fear. God gave you that fear so that you would not become a grizzly bear's lunch, right? There's good fear in the world. You don't walk up to the, well, I'm afraid of heights anyway, but you don't walk up to a cliff and look over and go, wee, that's not, that's not intelligent. There's good fear that's out there, but we're talking about fear that can be unfounded. How do you deal with fear in the coming year? Well, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at a passage of scripture that deals with our fear. Turn to Psalm chapter 23. <laughs> Psalm chapter 23, and everybody went, huh? Wait a minute, this isn't a funeral, is it? No, it's not. Psalm 23. Now, I say that because when's the last time you heard this psalm? It was probably preached at a what? Funeral, okay? And for some reason, this one passage in here, this one section, that you know, the whole, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, has basically transfixed this, this is a funeral passage. This passage is not necessarily about death. It's more about life. And so when we read this this morning and we kind of look at it, let's look at it through a different set of eyes this morning. Instead of being so transfixed on death, let's kind of look at this and kind of have our eyes opened that we're going to look at this in life, in such life. So here we go, Psalm 23, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read the whole psalm. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Does this sound like 
I mean, honestly, when you're reading this and listen to it now, does it sound like about death? Okay, maybe just me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray as we get started. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It gives us direction. It gives us life. It gives us insight. It gives us wisdom. The Father, that comes from the Holy Spirit being poured into us. And so, Father, right now, Holy Spirit, we pray. Give us insight and wisdom. Um, direct our past. Guide us in this because 2021 could be an amazing year or it could be another 2020. But regardless of the situation, you are still God. You are still on your throne and you are still in control. Help us live lives that trust in that. And let your word speak to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so here we go. This passage, this psalm has been the hope for so many people in the midst of death. Uh, because I mean, when, when you hear this, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it just kind of resonates with you. And yes, you know, that's, that's a dark period in our life. In 2016, when my father passed away, uh, the, pa the passage the pastor kind of spoke and referred to was Psalm 23. And he talked about, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Um, so that got me on a, on a little journey. So I started studying this passage a little bit more diligently. And uh, so as I was, I was reading that, that whole passage of, uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, if you've got little numbers and stuff on your Bible, it may say, there's a, there's a better translation than valley of the shadow of death. Uh, it could say that, you know, in the valley, of the, the valley of the darkest darkness, which is really a better, if you look at the Hebrew, it's a better translation, the valley of the darkest darkness. And so that's been kind of transliterated to death because that's the darkest darkness many of us face. Um, that's a, a good look at, but I kind of look at this in the passage. And as I'm looking through it, it kind of gives me some hope of how I deal with fear on an everyday basis. Um, we see what's going on in the world. We, we see what's going on in our communities. We see what's going on. Some of you have lost family members. Some of you have lost jobs. Uh, some of you have lost sleep. Uh, some of us have lost our minds uh, during this whole process of COVID. Um, and that becomes the, the basis of everything we watch on the news. If you watch the news anymore, um, is that, you know, what's, what's the COVID count? What's the COVID count? Um, I'm, I'm done living by the COVID count. I, I'm done watching the news. I know that sounds, well, you're very uninformed. Okay, maybe I am, but I'm a lot happier. Because it just seems like to me that all the news people want to do is just, just shovel fear down your throat to get you moving in a direction they want you to move. And I, I'm kind of done with that. I, I, the other day I was in Ingalls and I ripped my mask off and I went, freedom! And the lady beside me looked at me real weird, but it was... It was a moment. Um, how, do we, how do we walk through this? How do we navigate through these waters? Well, let's look at the very first part of Psalm 23. It says what? The Lord is my... Uh, do any of you know any shepherds? Personally, you know, maybe on Facebook, you keep up with shepherds or us. Or... All right, when I was in Israel, uh, we got a chance. We didn't meet shepherds because shepherds are... The most, 
Well, I'll put it this way. In Israel, even the Israelites don't want to deal with shepherds. They are, they're basically gypsies is what they can, they basically look at them as. They are dirty, they're unclean, they are, uh, they're rude, they're crude, they're socially unacceptable, and they will cut you. And you laugh, I kid you not. Moshe looked at me and said, those are shepherds, don't mess with them, they're bad news. I'm like, dude, he goes, I don't mess with shepherds, they're bad news. Okay? But there is one thing a shepherd is very good at. It's what? Protecting its flock. Let me just give you some insight to this. God is referred to many times throughout scripture as the shepherd, the good shepherd. So what is exactly a shepherd? Uh, Those in charge of who take care of sheep. Real simple definition. Uh, If God is my shepherd, then what what does that make me? If God is my shepherd, that makes me a what? Sheep, okay? How many of you know any sheep personally? They're real cute, they're real fluffy and everything, but sheep are dumb as a stick. And when I say dumb as a stick, I'm not kidding. Have you seen any herd of wild sheep out there? Anybody seen any wild sheep? You know why you don't see any wild sheep? Because sheep are stupid. Sheep will walk into a lion's den or into a you know, wolf's den and go, bah, and <laughs> lamb chops, okay? I mean, think about it. Sheep will walk off a cliff and then the next sheep goes, hey, I wonder if he knows what he's doing. He walks off a cliff to the whole herd walks off a cliff. This is documented. It's not just made up. Sheep are stupid. And what are we referred to throughout in scripture? Sheep. Okay, let's move from there. What is a shepherd's job? We're sheep. We are not that smart. When an animal is intelligent, cuddly, brave, or heroic, they get a TV show, right? Flipper. For those of us older, know who Flipper is? It's the dolphin, right? Okay, okay, cool, sorry. Lassie. Dog, okay, very cool. Cujo, (laughs) that's not really, never mind, sorry. Um, Sheep don't get a show unless it's lamb chop and that doesn't count because it's a puppet, right? Okay, so sheep are stupid. A shepherd's job is to take care of sheep. Sheep are notoriously animals of habit. Not bright, they're not proactive, they are simply followers. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say that again. Sheep are simply followers. Let that click for a second. What are we referred to as? Sheep. Now, here's the thing. You're going to buck back at that and go, I'm not a follower. I'm an individual. I make up my mind. Are you wearing a mask when you go to a... Oh, sorry. Shouldn't say that. We're basically followers. Regardless of how intelligent you are, how proactive you are, we follow the herd because we are herd-like. That's why we're referred to as sheep. Bible says that us, we go in packs. We follow the herd. We do what everybody else does. Sheep can get turned over in a rut and they can die there because they can't turn themselves over. Sheep need shepherds to do two things, to lead them and to protect them. Think about it. What offensive weapon does a sheep have? Bah, okay. What defensive weapon does a sheep have? Thick coat of wool? A sweater? 
Sheep need shepherds to lead them and to protect them. So does that give you an idea when it talks about God is my shepherd? What the author is saying here, David is saying here, when he refers to the Lord is my shepherd. For all of us, when we deal with fear, when we deal with things that are going on in our lives, we need to understand that God is our shepherd. God is going before us. God is going with us. God is leading us to a place where there's safety, to a place where, and when I say safety, please understand, that doesn't mean free from conflict. It just simply says we are with the shepherd. He is the one who's watching over us and protecting us. When there's tension in the flock, the sheep can't rest. If there's two sheep that are they're vying for superiority and they're butting heads, sheep cannot rest. If a sheep cannot rest, the sheep cannot eat. If a sheep cannot eat, a sheep will not drink. If a sheep is not completely at rest, it'll die. It's, it's a very nervous animal. It'll die because it won't eat, it won't sleep, it won't rest. The shepherd brings that rest to the flock. What David is saying is that God is a shepherd that brings rest to the flock. So for us, when we walk through or navigate the, the turbulent times, understand and know that God is your shepherd. David's not just saying, he's, David is saying that God is our shepherd. And here's the problem for most of us. The problem for most of us is we, we, we forget so quickly, Right? Here's what I want you to do, and this is going to be a little weird exercise, but close your eyes for a minute and just kind of bow your heads like we're going to pray, but we're not going to pray. Just close your eyes and bow your heads. When was the last time you remember, and I mean vividly, seeing God move to provide or protect for you? Mine was last Friday. Friday before last. When my truck boat down, I'm sitting on the side of the road. It's 27 degrees outside and I'm freezing. And I couldn't get a phone call through to my wife to pick me up. God provided. Okay? Sheriff came by. When was the last time God literally provided, that moved, that you saw that he was looking after you or protecting you? Because if you can remember that vividly, you can open your eyes now. If you can remember that vividly, it gives you a reference to remember what God has done. And if you can remember what God has done as shepherd, it can help you in dealing with what is to come. If you can remember what God has done, it'll help you for what's to come. I didn't even come that with notes. That just came up. That, write that down. That's good stuff. Okay? Think about it. When darkness comes, don't forget what God has done for you in the light. God is my shepherd. Second thing that we can see just in this passage, he says this, I shall not want... He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's verse 2 and 3. Uh, verse 2 says this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I shall not want this idea. God meets my needs because he's all that I need. At the end of the day, when you strip everything away, you strip away your job. Because most of us, our job is who we are. When somebody says, oh, what do you do for a living? What you do for a living defines who you are, right? Okay? I'm a computer tech guy, okay? 
I'm a nurse. I'm a physical therapist. I'm a pastor. Our job defines us. But at the end of the day, when all that's taken away, and it's simply you with your head on the pillow, no bank account, no savings account, no this, no that, no the other. Is an understanding that God is all you have, is that enough? You know, I got, I got three boys, and my three boys embarrass me constantly, okay, constantly. Their job in life is to embarrass their parents, right? But at the end of the day, I would give my life for any one of them. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, I would give my life for any one of them. But you strip that away. You strip my family away. You strip my, what have I got to rely on? Well, Scripture says, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. What does a shepherd do? He protects and he guides. He leads. Where is God leading you this year? I have all that I need. God provides green meadows, peaceful streams, We talked about this earlier. Sheep don't rest well. Tim Keller, who's an author, says this, writing about Psalm 23. There are many conditions when a sheep won't rest well. They are very timid creatures, and as long as they are afraid, they won't lie down. They won't risk resting. Because they are social creatures, when there's tension in a flock, when two sheep are butting their heads for supremacy, sheep cannot risk resting because they are creatures of appetite. If sheep are very hungry, they cannot lie down. Sheep won't rest until they are free from fear friction and hunger. Let me read that again. Sheep won't rest until they are free from fear, friction, or hunger. Who does that sound like? Okay, but it sounds like me. I can't rest if there's fear. I can't rest if there's tension or there's friction. I can't rest if there's a longing, a desire that's not met. I don't rest well in those situations. I mean, think about some of the things that have happened just the past two years. It's hard for any of us to rest well if you think about it from that perspective. But if you think about it from this perspective, God meets every need I have. He doesn't meet your wants. Let's get that focused first. God will meet your need, not your want, because many times our want is not what we need. And in meeting my needs, he continues to provide the job of a shepherd because a shepherd leads us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters where we can actually rest, where there's tranquility, where there's peace. Even in the midst of chaos, he is leading. It's tough for some of us. Some of us function as practical atheists, and and I'll explain what I mean. We go about everyday life with no need for God. We wake up in the morning, we drink our coffee, we go to work, we do our job, we come home, we watch Netflix, we go to bed. We, We function as practical atheists like we don't need God at all. But then when something major happens, something terrible happens, we run back to God. It kind of sounds like the nation of Israel, doesn't it? The cool thing about scripture, in case you don't know this, what happened then is still happening today. 
So when the Israelites kept turning their back on God, it still happens today. We still turn our back on God. We function as practical atheists until something bad happens, and then we run to God. And then when God does what God does, and we see his movement, and we see his presence, and we see his power, we see him lead, then we, uh, uh, like sheep, hawk and rest. And then 15 minutes later, what are we doing? Walking to the edge of a cliff, hanging out with some you know, wolves, doing what sheep do. God meets our needs. He meets every one of our needs. How can we trust that God meets our needs? What, ha- what needs has he met in your life recently? Why is it in the Old Testament, all the major patriarchs in the Old Testament told the people of God to remember? Remember this. Remember here. Remember. Remember. Because we forget quickly. I know this isn't touchy-feely, huggy-lovey stuff. Um, sorry. Welcome to life. If all we communicate from up here is lovey-dovey, peaceful stuff, we're not communicating the word of God because the word of God is a double-edged sword. Dividing to the very joints and marrows of who we are. Divides to the center of our being. And it doesn't divide nicely. It cuts. And when you're cut, it's painful. But that cut is to heal. And so here, we need to understand a couple of things. We are sheep. We are like sheep that have gone what? Astray. The good shepherd's job and his passion and his desire is to bring us back to the fold, to lead us, to protect us, to guide us, to meet our needs, to lead us to still waters where there's calm and peace. But in that, we have to remember what he's done, what he's doing. Lastly, and I know this is just three verses, but just in three verses, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God, in this process in verse 3, renews my spiritual strength and in that guides me. Here's a question for all of us. In this journey of life, who's leading? How many of you are dancers? How many of you like to dance? Now, when I say dance, let's, let's be dancing, not the stuff, the pop and lock and all this other stuff. I know that completely dated me. I apologize. But I mean like ballroom dancing or like Salsa or something where there is actually a couple that are dancing together that are connected. I like, my wife's like, you do not like to dance. You're right, I don't. Uh, But I watch dancing shows. So when there are two people dancing, one person has to what? Lead. Thank you. Somebody who knows about dancing. One person has to lead. Okay? So if one person is leading, then there's a flow that goes in that. But when both people try to lead, what happens? It ain't pretty. Okay, it's like a politician trying to dance on Dancing with the Stars. Yes, I've seen the show. I apologize. I'll turn my man card in later. Um, but when two people are trying to lead, it's not pretty. But when one person is leading, especially when they know what they're doing, it's a beautiful movement. In the same way, the question that we have to ask is, is part of it, who's leading in this process? Is God leading or are we trying to lead? Because if God is leading, there's a beautiful movement that happens. There's an ebb and there's a flow. When we try to lead, it's jagged. It's not pretty. It's like a fight. It's like MMA, okay? Except we're never on top. (laughs) We're always getting just ruled by the world, by our passions, our desires. We get owned every single time. Who's leading in this process? Because here's a question. If the Lord is leading here, 
then he is renewing our strength. He is guiding us. He will lead in such a way that you look at this situation or circumstance or pain or death or whatever that you're going through, not as a debilitating injury, but as an opportunity. Now, how can you look at death or divorce or pain as an opportunity? How do we look at those things? We look at those things 10, 15 years later, right? Hindsight is what? 2020, unless it's the year, right? When my dad died in 2016 and all the things were happening in 2016 and, and Allison and I were like, this is the worst year ever, you know, for year 2020. When we're looking at that in the midst of it, it's hard. It's hard. God, I trust you, but where are you? What are you doing? What is going on? I'm freaking out here. What are you doing through this process? What are you trying to teach me? What, 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 what? 2017, we look back at 2016 and we start to snicker because God clearly revealed himself in about four or five things that we were like, I never in a million years thought that would be a God movement. And it was a God movement. But in 2016, we're freaking out, pulling our hair out. Not that I've got hair, but the idea of we're freaking out about this is happening. Constantly, Alice is looking at me going, it's going to be all right, but I just don't know what's going to come of this. And I'm looking at her going, yeah, it's going to be all right, but this is a flaming dumpster fire. What are we going to do about this? But hindsight is 2020. If we can trust in the midst of it, God is leading if he's directing, if he's orchestrating, as a shepherd, if he is leading in this process, he will make our paths right. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3, 3, 5, and 6, one of the passages I constantly refer to with my sons. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will guide, he will lead your path. He's, he's out to make much of himself. Um, Warren Worsby, and I know we've never talked about Warren Worsby. We're really bad Baptists. Um, Worsby is one of the great Baptist theologians. And he says of Psalm 23, that Jesus today is the great shepherd who cares for the sheep. We are his sheep. As we follow him, he ministers to us. The overlying theme of Psalm 23 is, I shall not want. I shall not want for rest or refreshment, verse 2. I shall not want for restoration and righteousness, verse 3. I shall not want for protection in trouble, verse 4. I shall not want for the provision in the wilderness, and verse 5. I shall not want for a haven or a home to go to at the end of the day, verse 6. If the theme of the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23, is I shall not want, where is our want focused on? I'll tell you where my want is focused on a lot of times. My want is focused on what I want. I want to win the lottery. $385 million, I could really do some good with that. I could bless this church financially. All of a sudden, I could bless many ministries. I could bless my family. Mm, Lord, glory. Oh, I got a $6,000 transmission to pay for next week. There's a lot of things. I could, I could buy a new truck. <laughs> hey, you can keep it. I don't need it. Here's a question. 
does God look at that as a, a need in my life and say, you need that? No. If I needed it, I'd have it. I don't need it. What do I need? If I had that much money, how much trust would I put in God? Oh, I'd give him praise for a little bit. I'd woot and holler, woo-hoo, I'd be all that. But the question is, where would my trust be? Would my trust be in my God or would my trust be in my bank account? I don't need to win the lottery. Working at this place that I work at, God has provided, God has is, God is taken very good care of us. We are not in need. Because in this, through this process, it, it helps to remember Remember how good you are, God. You are so good. You are so good. Even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of loss, even in the midst of junk, even in the midst of, of, of suffering, you have been there for us. Sorry, I get a little choked up. In the midst of dealing with fear, if we can remember that God is our shepherd, he is leading, he's guiding, he's protecting if we can remember that our shepherd in, our, in this process, God as our shepherd will always meet our needs. And sometimes our needs are not our wants. And lastly, if we will understand through this process that God himself will renew our strength and in renewing our strength, he will guide us. We can understand that I shall not want because my God is my prize. Not stuff, him. Sheep get a shepherd, someone who's protecting them. We get God. That's the ultimate prize. And in the midst of fear, and in the midst of pain, a good shepherd knows the right path on which to bring his sheep home so he doesn't lose them. The question is, in the midst of fear, where do we put our trust? Because ultimately it's about where we put our trust. Where is your trust today? And, and again, I, I can't assume to know everyone in here. I can't assume to know your situation, your circumstance. I, I can't assume that something I've said hasn't upset you or provoked you or anything like that. All I, can, all I can do is what I've studied through God's word and what God's word has shown me. All I can do is just communicate that. But here's what I do know. That in the midst of pain, in the midst of the junk, my shepherd is present. My shepherd is providing. My shepherd is protecting. My shepherd is leading and my shepherd is guiding. All for his glory and for my good. How difficult is it to trust in someone who thinks that way? Do you know him? Do you trust him? Because if you do, obeying him is just a natural part of that process. Because here at the branch, what are the three things we focus on? Let's pray. Father God, we want to know you. We want to know you better than just some sort of book knowledge. We want to know you intimately. We want to open ourselves up to you in such a way that, the Father, we just, we're just open to you. And in knowing you, 
Father, that, that allows us to trust you, that allows us to believe in you because you are trustworthy. And as a good shepherd, you lead and you guide and you protect and you provide. You do the things that we in and of ourselves cannot do. And by knowing you and by believing in you and by trusting you, it allows us to be able to simply say yes to you and be obedient. Help us to know today that, Father, you're not distant, but you're right here. You're present. A good shepherd is not away from his flock. A good shepherd is with his flock and leading his flock and protecting his flock. And you are a good shepherd. That you provide for everything we need. There's nobody in this room that's missed a meal. There's nobody in this room that can't help someone else. You meet our need. And as that good shepherd, you lead us you guide us, you protect us, you take us where we need to be on the path that you've set up, the righteous path. So this year, as we go into 2021, can we just trust you a little more? Can we simply walk in understanding and knowing that you are present and you have our good in mind? Give us strength, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said,